Welcome to the Green Heart Living Podcast with your host, Elizabeth Hill. I'm so happy to be here today with two amazing women and authors who are in the Green Heart Rating Circle. We have Brittany Quagan with us and Mary Campbell. Hello. And um, I'm excited today because we will be sharing their stories. Um, they will be doing a little bit of a excerpt from their upcoming books that they're working on. Uh, so um, what I'd like to do is we're going to start with Brittany Quagan. And Brittany, I'd like, um, so first of all, let me do a little introduction to you. You're, the, um, you're a licensed clinical therapist and coach spe specializing in trauma and EMDR. You're also the author of the REN series for young adults and a co-author of The Great Pause and Ignite Your Leadership. So I'm very happy to have you here with us today. Can you tell us a little bit about your upcoming book that you're working on right now? Yes. So I am working on a book. The working title is How to Get into an Abusive Relationship. And it is a book that follows my healing journey in being in an abusive relationship. Um, but I also go through some early childhood trauma and attachment wounds that led me to the mindset that and belief systems about myself that kept me in an abusive relationship. And then I talk about healing after it. Mm. Yes. So I'd love that you picked a selection for us um to read would you like to dive in sure i'm terrified but i'm gonna do it <laughs> <laughs> you got this i'm gonna do it yeah. um and i like to just i think i did this the last time i read something to you all um i apologize in advance because when i read emotional things i tend to get emotional so <laughs> my voice might get all cracky and stuff <clears throat> Okay. And so just for some context, this is an excerpt from the after section of my story. So after um, I had gotten out of the abusive relationship. <clears throat> I've known P now for about four years. We've been official for the last four months, dating long distance, he in California and I in Connecticut. Date nights for us have become date adventures, meeting at various places across the United States for extended weekends every month. We've just returned back to his apartment in California after an incredible journey hiking and exploring the Pacific Northwest and visiting with friends along the way. A blizzard just blanketed Connecticut and much of New England in at least four feet of snow causing my return flight from Washington to be canceled. As a result, I had to travel back to California with P and spend another week together before a return flight home is even available. Oh, darn. An unexpected vacation with my long-distance love. Whatever shall I do? It's morning, and I'm getting ready before my day of coaching clients begins. I've just finished showering and drying off, when I begin to blow dry my hair. Through the sounds of the dryer's forceful whooshing of hot air, 
I hear pee banging on the bathroom door. My heart feels like it stops and my stomach plummets with what feels like an iron cast ball of doom. I turn off the blow dryer and slowly place it on the ground. After tiptoeing to the door, I wait a few seconds with my ear pressed against the cold hard wood and listen intently. Brit, his voice carries from the other side. I clear my throat. Yes? Oh, I just wanted to let you know I'm hopping on a Zoom meeting in a minute. I didn't want you to come out naked or in a towel just in case, he laughs. I laugh back. Thanks for the heads up. The sounds of his footsteps against the wood floor drift further away as he makes his way back to his desk. I let out a breath I didn't even realize I was holding and I begin to sob. It never occurred to me that I could be impacted by my experience with my abusive ex three years after the relationship had ended. Up until this point, any signs of trauma directly related to him had gone under my radar. But now that I was in a relationship once again, it seemed to open up the doors to what I had been keeping locked up so tightly. In the months and years after leaving Mark, my mind was hyper-focused on my business. At the time of leaving, I'd only been self-employed for five months and was still working tirelessly on building a name for myself as a healer. I threw myself into work and social activities with new friends and friends that I'd been blowing off for the years I'd been with him. I was fortunate enough to have found myself actively working on my healing long before I even left him. And those skills and support networks I had built continued to keep me moving forward. That and the fact that I was so engrossed in other people's healing, I didn't even recognize what was going on within my own nervous system. That first trigger in P's bathroom was only the beginning of a long, distressing healing process. My triggers fell on a spectrum, sometimes subtle, easy to be aware of, and ease myself through others far more intense, unexpected, and all-encompassing. Even if I consciously knew I was safe and okay in any given moment, or that someone wasn't trying to cause me harm, my body told me a completely different story. That's what happens when we experience trauma. It's as if our nervous system captures a screenshot of the traumatic experience, not just of the memory itself, but of how that moment in time made us feel and I am held hostage by those feelings. It's as if those feelings, the ones that tell me I'm trapped, that I'm nothing, that I'm small and helpless, have become so terrifying to face that they made any and all of my old fears that stem from my past anxious attachment style seem embarrassingly small and childish. I only wish my fears were that my husband didn't love me, that he was going to cheat on me. Those are easy thoughts to get over now. Now I cower in fear that I will one day feel that helpless again, that I will one day feel that level of disgust and shame again, that I will feel unsafe again. And every cell in my body remembers. It will now fight tirelessly to prevent this for me. My fierce protective nervous system but my system often gets the enemy wrong. And I am left with a body ready to go to combat where there is no more threats. 
That is it. Thank you so much, Brittany. No Thank problem. you so much. Yeah. And I really, I want to give you mad kudos for, I know that this is not easy stuff to write or to read out loud. And I really want to commend you for pushing through that. This is such an important story to tell. And we've talked about this with each other that it's weird when your life can be great <laughs> and you're still feeling like your body is doing these somersaults or like, like fighting, right? Like in this, I'm going to attack mode, right? And going, where on earth is this coming from? It's bit like, you may have done the work of releasing or getting out of a partnership that really was unhealthy and be doing a lot of, you know, work, you know, surrounding yourself by, you know, friendships and other relationships. And then you get into a partnership. You're like, why am I reacting to this person this way, right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's such an important story because yes, there's the acute level of getting out of a relationship that is not healthy for you. But then there's also, okay, how do you shift how you're feeling, you know, shifting your responses to relationships. That's a very important story. Well, can you share a little bit about what it was like to the writing part of, of this for you? Yes. And also just to say thank you for giving me a very safe space to feel like I can share these things. Um, I've shared before, our group has been just so wonderful and so supportive. <laughs> um, the writing process itself was a lot and has been a lot more daunting than I expected. I thought that I was just like, I just need, you know, some uh, direction and some motivation. And I'm just going to hammer this out and it's going to be great. And then as I was writing, I realized it was like, uh, no, you, every part of your being has been avoiding writing this because it's just been so, so much heavier. There, there's still so much in there that I didn't realize that I hadn't processed. So even the, the act of writing has been like being in a, an aggressive therapy session where I can only sometimes write for 20 minutes. And I'm like, ah. I was writing the other night while my husband was traveling and I, he was like, oh, what are you up to? And I was like, oh, I'm just writing and sobbing. And he was like, what's wrong? And I'm like, I'm writing the book. And he was like, oh <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm here if you need me. <laughs> because It's like, it's like digging into wounds, but it's also very cathartic and I have a wonderful support system. So it's, I, I can't imagine I would have been able to write this at another stage in my life. And I, so I love the power of writing uh -huh. or healing things that we didn't even know that was still in our body, still there, still present. And you're a therapist, right? Like, you know, the work, right? Yeah. You've done the work <laughs> and there is, there's just so much power in that. Um, of once you're in like really in a safe safe spaces right cultivating those safe spaces to be in to be able to you know work through that deeper and feel a lightness on the other side of it right which you know they it might not be there fully now but it's it's it becomes lighter 
over time when you're willing to sob and write. So I <laughs> thank you so much for being here. Um, if people are interested in connecting with you or learning more about you, um, what is your website so that they can connect or is that the best way for them to yeah. find you? Absolutely. So my website is www.my first and last name. So Brittany Quagan counseling.com. And then I'm on Instagram at Brittany Quagan. Thank you so much, Brittany. Thank you. Thank you. Now we're going to invite Mary Campbell on. And Mary Campbell is an intimacy coach and ordained spiritual mentor. And she's the co-author of Be the Beacon. And I'm so happy to see you here today. And will you tell us a little bit about the book that you're working on? Sure, sure. Uh, the book I'm working on, I actually thought it was done and ready to be published about seven years ago. And it went to several publishing houses who really liked it, but they had just done something similar. And, and then um, I, through several changes in my life, I put it away. So I'm just bringing it back. And it's called The Pleasure Playbook, 13 Invitations for Awakening Joy. So that's yes. there's lots of invitations for awakening joy. And a lot of it is through our body. So I'll be reading a, a chapter, probably an early chapter in the book. I've reorganized the book now. So it, it will come out differently than I thought. But, but I'm liking the direction it's going. So mm -hmm. I think what I'd like to read is the first chapter and then the second chapter and there's more to write in the first chapter and more to write in the second chapter so they don't segue perfectly but I think mm -hmm. that's the best way to think of it. Okay perfect and so the the chapter one of the chapters you're reading a portion of is coming alive again. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right anything you want to say before diving in or do you want to jump yeah, in? I what I just want to say is that um that there, it's important to understand why we struggle the way we struggle so that we can come back to feeling more alive. So I start here with a little bit of understanding that, the way we work with that in our bodies. And, um, and then I give history around why <laughs> culturally we've evolved that way. Fascinating, okay. Okay, so here we go. Come back to the body. What's here right now? The temperature of air on your skin? The dull ache in your heart? The burning in your belly? When the mind is busy, we only become aware of our physical and emotional experience when it becomes too strong to ignore. Thirst and fatigue finally grab our attention. When we finally do respond to the SOS, we're dehydrated and exhausted and often cranky and reactionary as well. When the signals are painful, we usually try to shut them up instead of attending to their messages. What's that persistent backache saying? Listening for a deeper cause and changing is far more time consuming and difficult. So we ignore it suffer and pop some pill. Sadness, anger, and hurt cause sensations in the body too, but we're rarely aware of them. 
Like a dog with a bone, we won't let go of. We frantically try to fix the problem or find a scapegoat without putting it down long enough to seek out the root of the problem. There are any number of ways to avoid feeling what's happening inside and so much easier to just numb it out. But be curious, when you're frustrated by something at work or hurting after a breakup, what's your go-to? TV, alcohol, the refrigerator? Do you push the blame on someone else or castigate yourself instead? These are all familiar strategies not to feel what's really happening inside. Beneath this moment's trigger, probably they have seeds in your childhood when the anxiety was far too intense to tolerate and any real solution totally out of your control. But as adults now, we are in charge and more than you might know. And as you stay attuned to yourself and your sensations, you may discover that there are keys to coming back to your body, to your life, and to your joy. So that's the first little bit of the first chapter. Um, and this is the second chapter. Um, How We Got So Disconnected, I believe, is the title. For all of recorded history, we have been worshipers. Reverence for what sustains life, sun, water, land, air, shaped what became our gods. From the earth came food that fed us. The sun's everyday rising brought warmth and comfort. Water from the heavens and rivers nourished the plants and animals that sustained us. There was no doubting the importance of these natural forces on our very survival, or any doubt of the intimacy and connection we felt to all of life that sustained us. What we intimately, what we live intimately with, we grow to love. What brings us happiness, we naturally want to care for. This connection makes us attentive to the needs of another even when the object of our love is unreliable or uncomfortable. Love isn't always easy. Floods may wash away our fields, but we still dance for joy when rain finally comes after a drought. Fire may obliterate a beloved forest, but the fertile fields that result will bring a more abundant harvest. You may have experienced this more, more personally, even after enduring what happens multiple times in the night, what awakened you, you still adore that whimpering little puppy or wailing infant. Their need somehow calls forth more love and devotion. So it was with our ancestors. It's easier to understand what we might think of as a more primitive form of worship when we too try to please or appease the cries of those for whom we are so intimately connected. When we are so powerfully affected by an outside force, who wouldn't hope to make these things better by whatever means possible? How many cranky contortions have I tried in exchange for just a little sleep? So that's, I think, where I'm going to stop for now. Um, 
Thank you so much for reading all of this. Oh my goodness. I love how you write and I love how you read. I just, I'm so, just so inspired by it. And what an empowering message, right? So, so many of us get so, our society, yeah, we get so disconnected from physical feelings in our body that we don't even know how to. And so it feels so uncomfortable to be present that we've come up with a myriad of ways to distract ourselves from those things, right? And and I love that you talking about what those specifically can look like because so, sometimes people go to the big ones, right? Like, you know, going on drugs or whatever, but shopping, you know, being too busy all the time, right? Like numbing yourself out on TV. Like there's all a myriad of ways that we might not even know that we're disconnecting from the present moment. And sometimes it's necessary, you know, sometimes you really, like Brittany's story, like it was necessary for her to dive into her work. And, you know, it's, it's not that these things are bad or wrong. It's just that they become less helpful. Mm -hmm. uh, and at some point you can say, God, you know, that this is actually hurting me more than helping me. Um, and then we become aware that we just need to come back to our bodies. So that's the real message you know, the pleasure playbook is coming back to the pleasure that's here, that's, you're possible. Why would we have five senses at least, probably more, and a beautiful earth if we weren't meant to enjoy it? So for me, it's coming back to the pleasure and the joy and the delight of living in the body um, and learning to tune into those sensations instead of shutting them out. Because you, if you shut out the bad sensations, you also shut out the good ones. Right, right. Anyway, thank you. Yeah. It's been fun to write this. You know, I'm just getting back to to really diving into the writing. So I'm I'm appreciative of this three months, much of which I didn't write very well or very much. <laughs> okay. But I feel like it really you kept me going when it would have been easy to just put it on the back burner. I have so much else happening, so um, I appreciate that. And I I would like to talk with you about because this is a common thing where people have worked on a book, right? They've started a book. They have an idea for a book. They might have gotten much of it done like you had, um, or they might be somewhere else in the process, you know, they've gotten halfway done and then stopped. So I'm curious what, what advice you have for people in that, if you have advice on that, like, or just insights that you've had, because I know things are a little different now yeah, as you've been reading through it. Anything you want to say about huh. Well, a couple things I would say. Um, I think when I got those two um, rejections, it was hard. It was hard to feel them. It was hard to, just to, you know, people wanted to take the work in a different direction than I wanted. Um, and, and I think it just, it was easy to just move on to other things. Um, I don't know that that was the wrong thing, who's to say, but I think at this point uh, it would have been good a year later <laughs> to come back instead of seven years but I am such a more um a better writer now um you know I have a blog I write every few weeks I've been writing that for 10 years I mean just my writing has gotten better um and I have expanded as a person you know I work with clients all the time I have a lot more experience so what I bring now is much more fleshed out so I think it's just understanding that no matter when we dive back in, um, we bring the benefit of whatever time has elapsed. And, and it feels like that's, um, I know the book will be better. Um, mm -hmm. 
I'm not sure when I'm going to finish it, but but it feels like it it just it wants to come in a way. I'm letting the book give its desire. <laughs> and mm, me, I love that. <laughs> me forcing it in, you know, it, it just doesn't want to work that way. So I'm trusting, trusting it. And I think that trusting that we have something to say, that we have a voice, that there's something that needs to come. I think that's perhaps the most important thing at this point is, mm. is, is letting yourself trust that there is something that needs to come. Um, and by offering it, it can be helpful to other people. And I love what you mentioned about you, the book being benefited by all the things and experiences that you've had in the past seven years. So yeah, we can beat ourselves up a million ways about not getting it done in a certain amount of time or whatever. But you know, we have, I always trust in divine timing, there's a reason you're coming to it right now. And it might be a different, a different book because of it and yeah. be helping different people and just more aligned and good. Um, so yeah, yeah, thank you for looking at it again in and the midst of a very busy life. So building yeah. along the way. Yes, of course, of course. So I'm gonna bring Brittany back, back up and on so we can all be together. I wanna thank Mary Campbell and Brittany Quagan today um for being with us and i mary if people want to contact you divine beauty divine yeah, beauty beauty.com is my website or like mary at divinebeauty.com is my email excellent thank you so much for being with us today and having the courage to share your stories very grateful for both of you thank you okay To find out more about Green Heart Living, visit us on our website at www.greenheartliving.com and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash greenheartliving.